Hey friends, it's Melvin. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Here's just a few quick things I wanted to notify you guys about before we get started. First up, very soon, new episodes will be releasing Wednesday mornings rather than Tuesday. So don't panic if you don't see a new episode on Tuesday. Just wait a little longer and you'll see it in your feed. Second, we've introduced a mailbag. Check those show notes and toward the bottom you'll see a mailbag link. You'll then be able to text us any questions you might have about movies, the movie industry, or any movie-slash-Christian-related questions you might have. Then we'll respond in a future episode, so send us your questions now. Up next, Patreon polls, which are available to Patreon supporters at the $3 tier or higher, have been updated. Supporters can now suggest films or shows to be reviewed at the end of each month. The two most liked submissions will become the options for the Patreon poll, so if you want to hear us talk about your favorite movie or show, join our Patreon and start campaigning. And lastly, whether you're a new or long-time listener, please consider writing a review or rating the Cinematic Doctrine podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Apart from financially supporting on Patreon, these are the two most helpful ways to support the show. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. Hey, my name is Melvin, and advertising causes need therapy therapy. Welcome to Cinematic Doctrine, a Christian movie podcast where we sit at the table of cinema and eat. In this episode, we'll be dining on Jordan Peele's sophomore film, Us. It goes without saying, but I'm gonna say it, that you can't talk about Us without mentioning Get Out. So to start off, uh, I enjoyed Get Out although I didn't find it as groundbreaking as others did. It's a very good freshman film, but I'll admit that if I rewatch it, I might find myself loving it a lot more than I initially did. Even from memory, Get Out has incredible pacing that comfortably leads you into such a bizarre and horrific metaphor. It released amidst an already booming conversation about race and contributed such a great parable of our culture that it was no-brainer an Oscar was landing on Peel's lap for that one. With that said, you can believe when I say that I avoided every trailer for us. I walked out of countless theaters to avoid it, listening to the haunting tones of I got five on it from the AMC hallway, waiting for it to transition to the next trailer. I'm doing the same with Avengers right now, actually. Anyways, I was looking forward to what Peel had up his sleeve next, and, and I wanted to experience it completely blind. So before I get into it, what is us? Well, Lupita Nyong'o plays Adelaide, who, with her family, embarks on a beach trip. However, for Adelaide, this brings back haunting memories of her childhood. One evening, while she struggles to make sense of her anxiety, a mysterious family appears outside their home. Despite her husband's efforts, played by Winston Duke, the family scatters and breaks into the vacation home donned with golden scissors and red suits. Yet the worst thing they sport is their same likeness. Doppelgangers have come to play. This movie is rated R for violence, terror, and language. Honestly, there isn't much to prepare you for regarding the adult content of the film. It's quite tame in comparison to other horror movies, and the kind of violence within is equivalent to a Marvel film with some blood. However, the sequences of mayhem are quite visceral, albeit tastefully executed. To that end, Peel really knows how to compose a scene. He's very patient, taking advantage of silence with his atmosphere. The opening really sets the stage as we watch a young Adelaide with her parents enjoy the boardwalk festivities. What would otherwise seem exciting and thrilling becomes haunting and brooding as we're constantly viewing the scene at the height of a nine-year-old, looking up at the monstrous rides surrounding the area. It's a loud scene, don't get me wrong, but we're very conscious of how quiet and small this moment is. It's strange, but Peel seems to do this over and over with success. 
This likely has to do with his comedic background. Peel has spoken about the correlation between comedy and horror, and anyone with two legs knows that the genre is saturated with comedy already, but it's another thing entirely to see how both comedy and horror are similar in execution. He cites how both require meticulous setups and payoffs, recognizing that his time in comedy has done nothing but prepare him for horror. And there's no doubt that Peel has an affinity for horror. In preparation for the film, he had his actors watch upwards of ten horror films to help set the tone for what he was looking for. He wasn't going for some sort of B-tier mindless slasher fare, rather aiming for the sort of horror that speaks to something larger. There's something a little twisted to asking your actors to binge one horror film after another, but Peel had his actors' best interests in mind, even going so far as to ask Lupita what he could do for her to help in preparation for the role. Struck by the question, she couldn't help but start crying. Poor Peel was at the table going, was it something I said? I- I'm so sorry. When she composed herself, she said something along the lines of like how compassionate a question that was for a director to ask her, even going so far as to say that it was the first time she'd heard a director ask her that. And acting's only made worse when you're performing not one but two characters for a film. At times, the characters needed to perform two roles in one day, jumping from one mindset to the other in the hopes of performing their scenes well. But again, Jordan Peele shows his sympathy as a caring director and actor for that matter, stepping in to imitate certain characters as they played their opposing role. I mean, everyone's bringing their A-game here, and the performances are just fantastic. This is a director that not only loves his job, but loves the people he's working with. And I think this is made not only clear from the stories behind the curtain, but in the film's presentation as well. Although there's a lot to be desired in regards to the set-based inferences, Peel is still aware there's more than just a foreground to use in a camera. Multiple things may be happening at once at any given time, and you've never really wasted your time looking in the background of a scene. But like I said, there's a lot to be desired regarding set design. Although there are some neat things here and there, I couldn't help but wonder if Peel was going all out or simply making things work insofar as they needed to. There were specific choices he had for certain scenes, but even on my second watch of the film, there wasn't much else to infer from the scenery other than what Peel is directly emphasizing. And that's fine, but that seems a little empty-handed for someone who seems to have an intense level of focus. And I think this is where the film starts to fall apart. For a man who has such creativity and seeks to speak into metaphors with bizarre imagery, as far as us is concerned, Peel doesn't seem nearly as coherent as Get Out. If Get Out was tight and clean, whispering of greatness, us is creative but messy, whispering of a visionary. And there's a method to the madness that he indulges in, but in some cases it's nothing more than that, just madness. And this was made even more apparent as I rewatched the film, occasionally scratching my head or doing a double take as I realized certain factors weren't adding up, as though the film were moving beyond ambition and straight into confusion. Ironically enough, though, I actually found myself enjoying the film a little bit more despite learning of so many more flaws. This sounds horribly strange, but if you will, Us is like the sort of film Shyamalan would have made sometime between Signs and The Village. It isn't nearly as groundbreaking as Sixth Sense, or Get Out for that matter, and it isn't nearly as perfect as Unbreakable, but it finds itself in that sweet spot of kind of good, but nothing to worry about kind of territory. In other words, it's not the happening, and it's definitely not Lady in the Water or anything after that. And it sounds a bit bizarre, almost pointless, to compare the second film of a fresh director to the long-established, borderline-washed-up career of another. But I think the important thing to note is that Shyamalan is a visionary who doesn't compromise his story for anything. And Us feels exactly like that sort of film. 
And in a sense, I'd rather someone make a movie so intrinsically theirs that it practically exudes creativity despite its flaws. But we've all seen how far off the deep end Shyamalan has gone, so it's not beyond my scope of understanding to ignore what could be the first step into career suicide. But perhaps I'm hyperbolizing, worried too much about something that clearly won't happen. Fingers crossed. I mean, the next few works Peel has ahead of him aren't even originals, what with him narrating the new Twilight Zone and remaking Candyman, so maybe I'm just getting worked up about nothing. But Us is flawed, without a doubt. It's especially hard to discuss these issues without spoilers, so let me try explaining what I mean. And I assure you I'll do my best to be understandably vague for those who haven't seen the film, yet clear for those who have. The film's bloated, and this becomes especially noticeable in the latter half of the film, as though Peel wrote his script and thought, ah, oh, that'd be cool, and ran with it. And while some of those ideas were, in fact, pretty cool, he seemed to ignore or possibly didn't know how much of those choices not only conflict, but distract the film from being as focused as it could have been. To a degree, all of these factors do contribute to his metaphor on the class system and intersectionality, Peel institutes everything from character relations, settings, and even the presence of the doppelgangers themselves as indicators of class and the conflicts between them. In fact, from the mere concept of basic differences in people groups, he seems to comment on how easy it is to have an us-versus-them mentality. I mean, goodness, I could make a list right now. You versus me. Him versus her. Wife versus husband. Parents versus kids. Employee versus employer. North versus South. Conservative versus liberal. Rich versus poor. Blacks versus whites. Christian versus non-Christian. Peel said in an interview how one underlying spark of the film was the concept of walking down the street and seeing an exact copy of yourself. If both of you were surprised, that'd be a mutual fear that could be resolved, but if the other smiled, then they must have the upper hand. At some point, a decision must be made where one of them gets to stick around, because there simply can't be two of you going around. Interesting, then, that Peel chooses the idea of doppelgangers to commentate on the class system. He seems to recognize the instilled differences through class, yet the overarching commonality of being Americans, as though the title isn't just called Us because the doppelgangers are the same as the characters, but it's U.S. for United States. But to go one step further, and in a more important sense, we're all made in the image of God, born as his creation, and that should be the first thing we look at when regarding how to respect and love one another. Everything else that differentiates us isn't some sort of separating factor, but simply traits that help to diversify us. How quick, then, we become filled with rage at the success of another, or jealous for the gifts they may receive. How smug we are to watch those less fortunate than us commit acts of atrocity and say, well, of course they would do that, they lived in that neighborhood. Or even worse yet, the uncaring, growing callousness we show to atrocities targeting what we may deem the opposition when we should be filled with anguish over that. To that end, I really like what Peel is going for, but it's all at the sake of a tight narrative. If you were to strip the metaphor from the film, it's fine, but not very linear. And even with the metaphor, it becomes a conversation piece, but still doesn't quite cut it. And I think that's why, despite the flaws, I kind of like the film. There's a lot to take apart despite how many places the story takes a beating while Peel contemplates the destructive nature of a divisive, jealous culture. And while it doesn't have the intense cultural relevance Get Out had upon release, Us is in theaters amidst the college admissions scandal. And if that doesn't feed a class-based conflict, I don't know what does. Again, I, I quite like the film, and the first time I watched it, I was in it. I'm like leaning forward and gyrating in my seat with anxiety. Not because I was scared, because the film isn't necessarily frightening, but because it's so well executed in its tension that I couldn't wait to see what happens next. 
but there were cracks and and I had to see it a second time to better understand why the film wasn't sitting well. So I did. And while I appreciated and enjoyed the film more that time around, it was very clear where the faults were coming from. But enough about what I think. What do you think? Let me know in an email, Facebook comment, or snail mail if you can find my address. And if you can find my address, that's really scary. So please just email me instead. If you'd like to see my rating for the film, check out my letterboxed at Paraturtle. And if you want to check out some of my writing and tear my stories a new one, check me out on Wampad at the same handle, at Paraturtle. Also, CD has a Facebook page. Search for Cinematic Doctrine, and you should find it really quick. All of this will be available in the description if you need it. Next week, we'll be covering Nacho Vegalando's Colossal. Until then, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck! We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.